Hello and welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode Gundam Seed podcast that finished Gundam Build Fighters and decided to reconquer the next real Gundam series. My name is Jeremy. As a human man, I am healthy. I am Tyler. I'm not sure either of us actually qualifies healthy at the moment, Tyler, but my name is Zach. Uh, today we're watching episode 22 of Reconquista NG, Reunions in the Earth Sphere. And I regret to inform you, it is in fact Reconquista NG <laughs> at maximum recone, at maximum gista, and at maximum G. So they were going up for a little while there. Things were looking solid. They were The fights were blocked well. It was easy to determine what was going on. And then last episode hit, and it's like, you're, you're falling into some bad habits here, dude. And here they're just like, all right, three packs a day. Like, Come on, man. Show, you've turned off the targeting computer. Is everything all right? <laughs> Where's your patch? Yeah, I usually play devil's advocate because that's my role on the podcast that I usually try to be the defender of Reconquista and G. But this episode is a fucking mess and it's all over the place. Like, is anyone going to argue with me? Oh, no, not remotely. <laughs> no, it's not. It, it kind of feels like they had to speed run a missing arc in here because they were running out of time. I'm trying to think of all the different things that happened just by, like, looking at my notes. I'm like... Well, remember how it took us four or five episodes to get to Venus Globe? Yeah. Well, we're back in Earth Sphere after tw- less than 20 minutes. And we get, like, 18 different scenes in this episode. I was going to say, what do you think has more things happen in it? The first 21 episodes of Freakongista in G, <laughs> or this episode of Freakongista in G? I mean, in terms of actual events... That we see on screen, the first 21. Shit that happened off screen that we don't get to see, this one. <laughs> there are things I like. I kind of like the idea that they get back to the Earth sphere and nobody was sitting around because Klimnik and Mask were not just going to sit around. And I even kind of like that we as the audience are ignorant to it in the same way that the characters getting back are. But the problem is the tone of Gista and G is so loose everywhere that... It just is another pool ball scattering everywhere. Well, I mean, I like the fact that they come back and the status quo has been upended. Everything's kind of gone sideways. Nobody is where they were when they first left. The problem starts to come in for me when they're like, okay, we're going to just basically do the exact same things we've done before and nothing changes. Yeah, they didn't really they, like walk onto the command deck, talk with Bellary's mom, then leave. <laughs> yep. Although I actually like that scene. I will will defend that scene specifically, but I feel like they didn't learn anything from going to Venus Globe that is useful in this episode, so. Well, I mean, they don't necessarily have to come back and immediately exercise all their knowledge from, like, hey, we know about the batteries. Hey, look, human mutation and skeletal people. That's fine, because you're not going to immediately get everybody around a bargaining table and chat. The thing is, they don't, This episode doesn't really set anything up either. It's just kind of like an episode of scattershot of, hey, look, we're reset. Here's the table. But the problem is because they don't block anything well enough, I'm not sure exactly what the table is supposed to look like, especially with the the introduction of the megafauna back into things and the full moon full moon ship. Yep, the full moon ship as opposed to the crescent ship. And the crescent ship being here, like, I'm not sure, like, are you upending a balance of power? Are you making things worse? Are you making things better? Are you just the proverbial hand grenade in the shitter? I don't know. You see, Mask brought the Barara, <laughs> and Klimnik brought the Mickjack, and Connie Paluda brought the Colonel Compa Reseda, and it's Thanksgiving dinner. 
<laughs> it's Thanksgiving when we're recording this. It was Thanksgiving long ago when you're listening to this, even if you're on the Patreon. Do we want to tell say who everyone is, man? I have to remember everybody now because we're back in Earth. All of the factions, everyone is here! Exclamation point. <laughs> Settle it in space. <laughs> even what's his name? Who piloted a Wuxia one time? Becker? Yep, I think Becker. it's Becker. Didn't you say that in the movies he's canonically dead? No, no. He's canonically dead according to the wiki. Clearly that is not true. Uh, no, well, no, he it's, might it's, be this episode. I no, think... actually. No, because we we see him. Like, they mention that he's not dead. What, do they? They yes. do. Okay. Um, it's actually that. his twin. Bucker. Bucker. Oh, I was going to say Decker. <laughs> I was going to say Decker, too, but Bucker I liked more. Backer. So I went with that. <laughs> oh, thank you for backing us on Patreon, Backer. <laughs> Oh man, when, when what Pokemon game is going to get Backer, the guy who just listens to all the podcasts and has all the cool bonus episodes? And he's got like Pokeball themed headphones. Yeah. Oh, actually, I I kind of like this character idea. He, he's Looker's cousin. Yeah. <laughs> who tells you cops aren't your friends, and that makes Looker sad. <laughs> As he stares directly at Looker. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's Rosario Ten Police. They're here. Um, I'm just saying names. Yeah. I'm just nouning they're, at you. They're only here temporarily. Uh, we got the Rattle Python. That's back. That's a big ship. So the Salamandra. That's also a big boat. The Space Granadon. That's another big boat. The Kobayashi Mishida. <laughs> Kobayashi. I think that's a big boat. <laughs> okay. You you can watch if... I don't know why you would. but But I don't think we're going to describe what happens well. Now, to be fair... I don't know who could or how, but I don't think we're going to. We're going to describe what happens as best we can, but that might be better or worse than the episode does itself, so who knows. We start out with the GIT Corps grunts facing off with the Rosario 10 police, and, and their names dudes too. And Akunsun got a new mobile suit, the Mazraster, which is interesting. So Chikara, who's doing pull-ups in his mobile suit, because that's his gimmick, is going to go defeat the 10 police so that the full moonship, which the GIT core has based on the crescent moonship can take off and go to earth and on board this ship is also uh gonna be flammy like she's here too and her sidekick that guy um i do like that chikara cracks his knuckles five times in a row which i think means that he probably has like bad Severe arth- problems with yeah. his finger joints so he says, like, there are members among the 10 police that agree with our ideals, and then they just start casually murdering 10 police people. Yep. Well, the 10 police say, hey, you can't leave, and then they blow up because they got shot with lasers. Homing lasers, specifically. Curving lasers. So Flamia is like, yes, I, a doctor, have gotten the word reconquista into the dictionary, and so now we can begin ours. Um, I do really like this shot of... Uh... Is this the Razmat, the yeah, Mazraster yeah. whip chaining a pol- polgalist? Oh man, I can't polygate, polygate, um, to pieces. It's quite rad. I mean, except for the fact that they're just random grunts. Uh, it looks cool though. That's what I wanted. Then while they're committing murder, it shows mm. the uh, fucked up mobile armor that Captain Kia died on. The conk the Venus, and it looks like it's crying because of the way the water is freezing and unfreezing around it. And they're like, oh man, did Captain Kia survive? And Flamingo's like, no, just the nameless grunts. That's a weird inversion. <laughs> and so the captain is like, we're going to honor the dying wish of that dude by lighting up all of our ship and then just leaving. Hey, it's what he would have wanted. 
to be fair, his last words were like, hey, go to Earth and ride the water slides for me. <laughs> but it's more a matter of like the like 10 police, the guys who are actually supposed to be like stopping them just kind of stop. I think the other ones defected. Yeah, they did say some of them sympathized with them. It's because we showed them the difference in power. They just defected. And we see Kuhn has a locket of Commander Kia. <laughs> I love it's like the worst shot of his face, too. It's so good. I do kind of like the full moon ship. It's just odd because like th- that whole scene of showing them leaving is like, okay. Hey, it's important so that we know where they're going and that they are leaving. Imagine if they just showed up at Earth, how much more confusing that <laughs> whole thing would be. But then we get to see Noredo trying to pilot a mobile suit and uh, being very bad at it. Especially since Manny is her coach, who is not much better at it. So she has to get towed in by all of her friends. Belry, Raraya, Curbs, who has a new mobile suit, and Ringo. My sentiment's exactly, Raraya. Why is Ma- Naredo piloting? And Naredo's like, anything you can do, I can do better, Manny. I want to be a character in this show. I and- love Manny's facial expression while she says that, too. <laughs> I do also like how Bellary is like, you know, if you'd run into one of the civilian contractors, they'd have put you in jail, Naredo. Cut to Ida, who is still having a fancy dinner with Lagoo, even though everyone else has left. There's even wine on the table. And Lagoo is like, hey, if we built three Venus globes, we could tow the Earth anywhere we wanted. That would be pretty cool. But I thought we shouldn't show Earth noids it because they like to fight. And then once you learn about the GIT Corps who also want to just fight everything... Like, you you see that we're not different from everybody else. And then there was this Piani Kaluta incident. And, and Ida's like, I know that name. He's like, yeah, he's an asshole. 20 years ago, he was like, I must go to Earth and make them Kung Fu fight well, so he, they will evolve. <laughs> so here's a weird one for me, because Lagoo says, like, on Earth you call him. And and Ida's just like, it's Kung Rosita. And it's like, when did, did were you told that by somebody else? I don't know what? that the guy ever told her. Uh, I think she serious? figured it out because she overheard that conversation. And then she saw him. And she, I, Ida's not dumb. She's just a bad mobile suit pilot. And, and Bellary <laughs> already, like, hypothesized, like, hey, this is what's going on with Colonel Rosita. Anyway, Colonel Rosita is a terrible Vegeta, it turns out. And I was like, man, it seems like Compa Rosita's fucking a lot of stuff up. And Lagoo is like, hey, I need to change the subject because it's Reconquista in G. Are you familiar with bodysuits? And I was like, well, that's not my kink. <laughs> He's like, once you learn of it, you will despair. Do you have the courage to see? And she's like, uh, I don't know, I'm bro. All, I'm not going to answer that question. Like, she doesn't actually say yes or no. The dude is just like, I've got an exhibitionist thing here. She does. She basically says, I worry I might be shallow sometimes. Uh, but then Lagoo takes off his wig. It's horrifying. And his clothes. Well, and also oh no, his shirt. A, oh, no, dude's a skeleton. He also took off his pants. That's fair. Um, and it turns out he is super emaciated, I guess. Is that it? Is that the reveal? He just lives forever and is super emaciated? Uh, I mean, what do you want me to say? I I don't. I assume you have more context for this than I, I mean, do. I do, but I do is the answer to that. <laughs> In theory, it might be a, it could be a reference to like, um... In 40k, they have the vo- uh, people who are called Voidborn, where they're just born on ships, and they live all their lives on ships, and so they're super frail. Maybe it's something along those lines. 
I mean, if you're living under standard Earth gravity in space anyway, wouldn't you still build up the same muscle mass? They mentioned mutations earlier, and I wonder if that's one of the side effects of like living out in space is that everyone becomes this extremely long-lived but needs an exoskeleton. Do you want the answer from me, or do you want to wait? I, I can wait until the show doles it out, or one of the movies. I was going to say, I spoilers, the show, the show isn't going to tell you. Do the movies? <laughs> yes. This is by far the episode. I know I said this week, last week. This ep- We're watching movie for next week, and boy, is this episode, like, does that make everything from this episode make more sense? <laughs> They realize, oh no, we forgot to tell them anything. Well, we we should probably mention what it is on one of the remaining episodes after the, we watch the movie, since those are are those only on Patreon or are they no. going up? In the no, movie? they go on the public feed. Okay, I couldn't remember. Uh, cut to Raria Naredo, Raria uh, Manny and Naredo applying the heat resistant coating. I think it's just Naredo. It's Naredo and Lewin because Raria is flying around in the uh, the Jalucifer. The Glucifer. And Manny is um, flying like the big mobile armor that they also found. It's not that big a mobile armor. It's like big for a mobile suit, but it would be a small mobile armor. I mean, I think it's about the same size as the Zamzaza, so. I don't think it's that big. I think it's just like bulky. Anyway, all, everyone is continuing to run like Flamia taught them. But Ida, a princess, gets to play squash instead with Lewin because she is the picture of health as a woman. <laughs> It's uh, such a weird line. I, I think it's speak to contrast with the the horrors she saw of an emaciated dude. I can confirm it is that. <laughs> she she was kind of freaked out by it. Cut to the two guys whose name I refuse to learn being like, oh, look at these cool mobile suits we sold, stole. We should sell them to the Amerian army because our loyalties are to Toasonga and that will help us. <laughs> Trinity and the Dahak. The Dahak comes with an egg. Called the Dharma. And the Greg. What was the point of that scene? <laughs> to show that they exist, I presume? And that for some reason the Toasangans want to sell them to the Amerian army. Okay. Cut the Bellary being like, oh man, cool manual I got for this cool new backpack. The perfect backpack. That I backpack. can't use because it's just an engineer's thoughts and theories. I'll just have to learn it in combat. Then we cut to the girls cooking, including Ida, who wants to cry, so she's chopping onions. I do, like, she's crying about it, and she's like, I want to cry right now, and everyone's like, weird. Anyway, let's get back to cooking. By the way, Naredo's like, Nobel, weigh me. And Nobel's like, you've gone up half a kilogram. But she is holding two chicken legs while this is happening. <laughs> I actually <So. laughs> kind of like the fact that when she was like, give me my weight, he's like, I, you don't want to know. Then we get another random scene of some dude kicking Ringo on its way to the bathroom. The pilots are all still sleeping in sleeping bags for some reason. Anyway, they're back to Toasanga. I don't mind that we just get a montage of them coming back because there's nothing interesting to happen on the way back. The journey there is the exciting thing. It does feel like we should cut to some sort of B-plot or something, though, Yeah, to make it clear time passed. That said, like I said at the start of the episode, I like that when we come back, we have no idea what the state is like them, so I don't know who you would cut to. Maybe the GIT core? I mean, my main issue with like the montage is it doesn't really feel like a montage because we have full-fledged scenes in there, like the cooking scene. And like, the squash scene. <laughs> in, the, in the squash scene, where you could usually just montage like you don't have dialogue. It's literally just like shot cuts. Over some rock music. 
Yeah, and it makes it more clear that it's a montage and not actually something going on. So the full moon ship beat them there, and they're like, oh man, it's probably trying to make contact with some Earth fleets. So Captain Kind's like, hey, Megafauna, you might want to like go to battle stations or something. Which everybody's like, wait, we have battle stations? Where's mine? Do I have one? We see that the full moon ship flew there with its lights on the entire time. And knows all the factions, because they listen to our podcast. Good job, guys. And Coon's like, I don't want to get caught in the earth, the war between the Earthnoids. But the captain's like, yeah, I, I don't think that's going to happen. We are invading aliens. And uh, Captain Kine is like, okay, so we've got us a Mexican standoff here. So why are you going to talk to Belry's mom? <laughs> and Danielle basically says, because Belry told me to. There's no capital army troops around the tower, so that's weird. So we're going to check it out. Also, Manny needs to take a test flight in the G-Rack. But she notices that the salamander is very close. And Naredo is, like, acting as the co-pilot for Raya and the G-Lucifer. Not sure what she's doing. Babysitting. <laughs> it's nostalgic for her now. I love the giant wrench that Hoppa has there. And now the G-Self has the perfect backpack, which I kind of think is its worst backpack. I like the colors. I'll I, give it that. I like it more than the space or, like, flight backpacks. I don't like it as much as, like, the assault pack. And Curbs has a Zangast. Yeah, as they were uh, talking last week about, like, mixed units from the Megafauna, it's even more mixed unit now. It looks weirdly more homogenous to me, though. I think because there are so many GIT core suits in it now. Yeah. Well, I think there's only there's only two. Well, there's the G-Rack, there's the... And there's... I guess they're right, the G-Rack and the G-Lucifer, but the G-Arcane and the G-Self both look like they go with those. And the Curbs unit is from the GIT cores as well. I... Assumed it was from the other side of those things. Uh, so we get an eye catch because we have only begun to throw plot threads out. Hello, and thank you for listening to episode 22. That's right. The fifth before the final episode of G Reco. Plus or minus a couple movies that happen in there. Hey, it's the throes of winter. Everything's busy. So I'm going to keep this one short and sweet. First of all, our patreon.com slash last podcast. If you throw us $5 a month over there, you get access to all of our episodes early and bonus episodes. I don't need to tell you that. What I do need to tell you is that in addition to Jeremy's bonus episodes on the live action Netflix One Piece, uh, we also just put up the finale of What's a Gundam, where all four of us, me, Zach, Jeremy, and Kevin, got together to talk about Gundam Wing Endless Waltz and... Boy, is that a movie. Uh, <laughs> there are so many glowingly positive reviews on Crunchyroll, and I will leave that implication hanging. So if any of that sounds like your jam, uh, you can do that. Also, head over to our Discord. It's a cool place for cool nerds. The Video Dump channel has been more active recently, which is kind of cool. People just sharing videos um, like we're some sort of burgeoning meme community. Yeah, that that's that. If you want a place to hang out over this December, that is a cool place to do that. We're pretty active, and we have people from across, like, basically every time zone on the globe, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Okay, with that, let's get back to the most horrifying thing Ida has ever seen in her life. And then, as soon as we're back, Wuxi has attack. So says, I, Becker. <laughs> they must be with the direct fleet. Despite the fact that it's, you know, the G-Self and the Megafauna team that you've seen before. And R- Araya's about to do something, but Bellary's like, no, girls, you're not allowed to do anything. 
Instead, I have photon torpedoes. They talk about formations for a second. Photon torpedoes are apparently instantly disintegrating light particles that just take pieces off the wuxias. As far as I can tell, they're antimatter. They're antimatter mines. They're not so much (laughs) torpedoes as they are mines. So, So Becker's squadron flies through it and he's like, what was that bullshit? <laughs> that was the G-cell. What the fuck? So Ida's like, hey, everybody who's not me or my brother, leave. Bitches, leave. <laughs> or Naredo. Uh, Naredo and Araya, you're allowed to come. Belry should introduce his mom to his girlfriends. And Belry is just like, fucking hell, those photon torpedoes are powerful. I didn't have them set to 100%. And did you see how many bits of those they deleted? Did you see how many guys I just murdered by being like, hey, let's see what this button does. Oh, it's the, it's the murder everybody button. Why did they put Shit, that button on a, my ship? I have a delete the grunts button. No, it's a delete everyone but Becker button. And Becker's wingman. He didn't get Becker's wingman. So they make it into the Capitol Tower where there's a big battleship and a bunch of wuxias. And Bellar is like, hey, is my mom here? And some bored guard is like, yeah, right this way. And she's like, ah, oh, Bell, sup, you're alive. That's cool. And I, everybody else is like, this is awkward. She's like, anyway, everyone here is real confused and concerned because, um, what the fuck did the G-Self just do? She does mention, I won't let them violate the taboo. And Bill Ree perks up and he's like, oh man, I violated so much of taboo. It's fine. It's not real. It's, it's, it's fine. I've been to multiple taboo places and I'm not dead yet. I went to Venus. So then Peach Lips, whose real name I have forgotten because we have not seen him in a minute, is like, ah, now that we have the G-Self and its cool photon torpedoes, there's no way we will lose. Right, Colonel Shifty? And Bellary's like, hey, didn't my mom just say she wasn't going to let you violate the taboo? And Ida's like, yeah, Commander Jugan. Jeremy remembers your name now that I've said it. Are you aware <laughs> that Copper Reseda is the shadiest man in the... And then before she could say anything, Copper Reseda's like, no, the direct fleet has taken the Pope hostage. And, and uh, took over the Kashiwa Mikoshi. And everybody is so shocked. Including Nobel. <laughs> and Shady McShadyson is like, this situation is out of my control. Also, Mask Counter took over to rescue the Pope. And he's on his way here. Now Mask is in charge of the, Kishu- Kishiba- the Kobayashi Maru. Anyway, that's why we called your mom to babysit the Pope. <laughs> so he's like, they took over the Kobayashi Maru, but then we retook it over. So, situation resolved, so, why? Also, Ida, you're our hostage now, because your dad is in charge of an enemy army. And Bellary's like, she's my sister. And Bellary's mom is like, the hell no? And Jigen's like, cool, do not care. But fortunately, they are inter- they interrupted by a dude letting him know that Captain Mask is leaving the Kobayashi Maru. In order to engage the Salamandra and Klim Nick. And Becker is going out as well. And they're like, yeah, he only has two units left, but he's going to go fight with Mask, I guess. He's like, got friends. He's got a high charisma score. And And, uh, then the uh, Megafauna team is like, okay, we're leaving now. While everyone gets distracted. They just walk out in the guard who escorted them there, just shrugs, which I love. (laughs) Like, not my job. And Karen Racino's like, man, these guys suck at war. And Belry is like, hey, my mom didn't do exactly what I was hoping she'd do. Oh, shit, I'm sorry. I'm the only one who's gotten to see my family so far. And everyone's like, yeah, she's fine, I guess. Barry's like, I'm proud of her, so she's a good mom. And I was like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I feel the same way about my dad. Let's go hang out with my dad next. Naredo, do you have parents, or did you just kind of congeal next to Bellry one day? That's actually what makes the Kintala, is they don't have parents. 
Cut to people being insulting towards Curbs and Ringo's mobile suits. These aren't Jehanams, are they? No, they're new. No, these these are the first ones that uh, Klimnik oh, had. They're just a right. different color scheme. You're right. They're Monteros. Anyway, they all head to the Rattle Python so they can talk to Ida's dad because he's the captain of the Rattle Python. But uh, Manny is just like, nope. And he's like, how was your mom? That's uh, It sounds nice. And Bellary's like, yeah, spoken like someone who doesn't have a mom. Maybe this Kuntala <laughs> theory checks out. <laughs> Manny's like, oh, Bellary got to meet his mom. I have to meet my special person, too. So I'm going to go ahead and steal this G-Rack and go back to a mask ship. Like, Manny, you okay? And she's like, yes, I am just clumsy. It is clumsiness that is causing me to go this way. Then Ringo shows up and is like, hey, we're going to go ahead and patrol around and leave Manny alone. I'm sure that's fine. It's not like she came from an enemy ship in this area and no longer has any reason to stick around with you. And and Manny's like, I'm going to become the very best, like Captain Mask was. (laughs) To be his wingman is my real test. To kick Barara out of his life is my cause. (laughs) Also, Ida gets on the Rattle Python and also brings... Bellary and Moreto and Raya, because I guess they're the main characters. And some random dude apparently heard Bellary call her sister and turns around and is like, she was a space pirate? Because Ida isn't allowed to have respect in this series. It's a rule. The top of the writer's room rules. Ida, no respect. From us or anyone in the series. <laughs> also, Manny flies directly towards the space Gronadon when she sees it, and Barara appears to intercept her. Um, in order to avoid getting blown up, Manny activates a giant beam shield. And then starts Morse coding at the ship. And Barara is like, beam shields will not stop us and our lasers. Everybody start shooting. But then they it totally stops them. Yes. And then she disperses the shield and it paralyzes everyone. That's pretty good. It only had a 50% chance. 75%. Is it 75? For Oof. Thunderwave. Oh, no, I meant uh, on the turn where you're affected by paralysis. Ah, yes. Okay. And so the... Captain of Space Grotodon has commenced bombardment, and Mask is like, no. Hold on, it's singla- It's signaling something. Read those signals, what does it say? It's like, ah, uh, Lu-in-ri? Oh, I'm sorry, Lee. <laughs> and Mask is like, it's, it's a friendly. Pick her up. It is our greatest ally. Allow her to dock. I'll tell Barara to get back here. And the captain's like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. I did know that the Garandan had a gel curtain. I think that's pretty standard. I thought that was fancy Toa Songan tech, but apparently not. But there was I the- mean, it might have been, and they were just outfitted with it after they left, because they were on Toa Songa for a while. And also, the Space Gratodon was built supposedly by Toa Songan engineers. No, so. that's a fair point. And Barara's like, do you believe that it was actually built at uh, the Venus Globe Mask? I'm like, yeah, I do. Where else would they build it? Barara's like, like, shit. I have to go sulk. So Lewin activates Gundam gravity to get up to the cockpit. He's like, this thing rocks. It's way better than a Mac knife. And he's like, wait, Manny, you came here by yourself? And she's like, yes, I leveled up and put all my points in piloting so I could be here. And Lewin's like, ah, that's hot. And then he acknowledges that he is Lewin Lee for the first time. Manny is like, notice me, senpai. And Lewin Lee is like, I notice you. (laughs) (laughs) I love love these two dudes that are in the back just continuing on their conversation. And then we see Barara stretching, which seems like poised for her to be watching and being jealous or something. But she just is stretching and does not see this cute space hug. I think the intention there is to kind of show that Barara doesn't actually have anything for Mask. 
She definitely seemed to when she's like, ah, so he's soft on her, like slips. No, it's because she didn't have anything for Mask. She had something for Manny. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm wondering in retrospect if uh, she interpreted that as like a sign of weakness in Mask or something. Maybe. um, I don't know. I don't know what the show wants out of anything anymore. So, <laughs> Or maybe she was supposed to, but then they changed their minds later. Yeah, or that. That happens. Uh, that's the end of the episode. <laughs> I mean, it's a fine place to end on, but it's a weird place to end on. It's also, we said a lot happened. After watching it and talking about it, I feel like nothing happened. Bellary talked to his mom. Ida talked to his dad. The the Kia Revenge Squad got to Earth. Ida well, didn't even talk to her dad this episode. That hasn't no, happened yet. That's yeah, true. it hasn't happened yet. See, the thing is, like, a lot happens in this episode, but nothing of consequence happens in this episode. Well, so they like, cooked. The, the closest thing of any real consequence that happens here is Manny leaves. With the G-Rack. And takes the G-Rack. But other than that, nothing happens. Oh, photon torpedoes. That is kind of a raising of the stakes. But it's such a blink and you'll miss it type of moment that it happens. Everybody goes, oh, that was weird. And they just keep on going. <laughs> oh, that was weird. Bellary just murdered like eight guys. Well, it didn't show him actually killing anybody because none of the cockpits were deleted. But still. I do agree with your interpretation that they're just antimatter mines, though. Yeah, I can't think of any other way they would work. So, yeah, this episode's kind of all over the place. It's probably my least favorite one so far. You have a hype- Which is a shame considering it's like it's been on generally an uptrend compared to the rest of the series. Well, except for, yeah, this one and the last one kind of, like, they started on a downhill trend again. So it's really weird, because they were fine, or at least trending upwards in the uh, quality department, and then here they're just like, yep, all right, now we don't have to do that anymore. Do you have a high point, Tyler? Um, It's got to be the Manny and Mask reunion. Yeah, that's pretty good. That like is Zach the said, obvious one. It is the point of consequence. That was a reunion in the Earth sphere. Zach. Hmm. This is actually really tough because this episode kind of sucks. It does, yes. <laughs> that's why I that's why I took the easy one. <laughs> I think I'm going to go with the cooking scene, specifically Naredo being like, don't talk back to me, scale. <laughs> like, her, her trying to get it to weigh her and it be like, you don't want to know. In that case, I will take the photon torpedoes because at least that is a raising of the stakes. It's also kind of cool. It's just not a very interesting scene. It's not, but it's a weapon unlike anything I think we've seen in Gundam. So, do you have a low point, Tyler? Um, it's going to be Lagoo's reveal that he's an emaciated corpse on stilts. Um, <laughs> I want it to mean something, and they just like it has no impact on the rest. I guess it makes Ida play squash once. Zach, I'm gonna go with the montage. That's not a montage because. Like, they weirdly put full scenes in there, so I'm like, where is this happening? When is this happening? Like, if I know if you want to shortcut it, you can shortcut it. Montages work really well for that, but because they put the full scenes in there, I'm like, is this supposed to be really important? And then it's just not. And it gives no sense of the passage of time, either, yeah, really. Which I know is kind of odd because I put my high point in there, but the whole thing as a general, it's like, montage is supposed to give us that sense of time. This kind of didn't because you gave me three scenes three full scenes and i'm not sure exactly how long it took you to get back i'm gonna go with Bellry's reunion with his mother which i feel like is not of consequence and doesn't really do much it's kind of like these are characters remember them i said earlier that i was going to defend that scene and i think this is my time to defend that scene yes i just i just teed you up so. um 
And I think that's actually to show that Belry has, like, grown away from his mom in a significant way. And, like, he, he's too afraid to talk to her about all the things that he's done because he knows how strongly she holds the taboos. And he has violated, like, all of them. I like that. He's, like, gone down a checklist. What is a taboo? What, how can I violate it? I like that in theory, except for we have the argument between him and Ida earlier, right? And it, the series plays it like he's just right. And those are the feelings he got from his mother, right? That is fair, although I think they are, those are different taboos, right? <laughs> like, because, like, Ida's whole thing is, like, there should be an energy monopoly, and uh, Bellary is just right, there should be an energy monopoly, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the other taboo he violated was, like, going into space, like, he's been in Port Sancto, and he's not supposed to. He's um, been to the Venus Globe, he's been to Toa Sanga. Like, his mom would react to that differently than almost anyone else, because she holds that so firmly. She's a devout SU Cordist. I mean, I can see both sides. The problem is they don't play it up very well. Oh, yeah, that's that one little thing of I, I told them I won't let them violate the taboo and Bellary going kind of like, well, those are all bullshit anyway. And like uh, that's only played through kind of expression and then they skip over it real quick. Yeah. And like, I think that's where my defense of the scene ends is like they it isn't nearly strong enough. And I am reading a lot into it to get that interpretation of it. Yeah, You might be doing a little bit of legwork yourself. Yep. Do you have an MVP, Tyler? Oh boy, not really. I guess Manny? I feel like it has to be Manny. Manny, because like, she's the only one that does anything of consequence here. Go Manny, you win by default. It wasn't even, <laughs> it wasn't even Bellary this time. We will be back with Rico and Gista in G movie four next week. Love that cries out in battle. We'll see if that can take this mess and turn it into something. That is a title. Yes, a title for the Gex Gundam movie. If you don't listen to the podcast, you can't hear it.